conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. White House Custom Color is a premier professional photography and press printing lab serving photographers around the globe. Be sure to check us out at whcc.com. Latasha Haynes of Ike and Tosh fame found herself fighting for her life in early 2017. We sat down to talk about what happened and how the terrifying experience changed her. And so I know that you were got sick. Yeah. Essentially. Is that really, how is really that how sick. you put it? Yeah. I had the flu. Mm-hmm. Um I had not been feeling well. Um like with what I thought was a cold, but it was just kind of hanging on. And sometimes, honestly, I feel like that could be happening now, but it's like allergies. So it was kind of like one of those things where you're like waking up and you're like coughing and you've got like phlegm and you can't figure it out. Right. But this like was for three weeks. Like I could not, but it, the time had passed and I was so busy that I didn't realize like the duration of time that had it passed. It becomes normalized right, too, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. So we had just come back from WPPI in Vegas. This was 2017. This was last year, right. This was last year. Mm-hmm. And um, we like, I'm kind of like hop from glory to glory. So it's like one big thing to the next big thing. <laughs> right. And so we'd done WPPI and we had all these photographers flying into our hometown for our very first workshop post Blink because we had stopped doing our own individual teaching. Right. And, um, so I just, I was sick, but I could not be sick. There was not really time for that. (laughs) So I wasn't really paying attention. Um, and I remember, um, the women had come in and I was just like, you know, I'm not feeling really well. I don't really have a voice. Like it had gotten to that point. And I was like, but we got to get through this. So I just kind of did my best and I was like really low key, but I was not, I mean, it was a struggle Mm. and I remember that. And then they left and it was like a couple days had passed and then I stopped kind of eating. You stopped eating? I stopped eating. I didn't have like an appetite. And I don't know, like, as I'm like playing this back now, I'm like, come on, Tosh, these are like warning signs of like something something that's not going well. But like, I'm just like, oh, no, I'm just tired. You know, like when we get busy and tired, we just don't. Man, when you're busy, things are different. Yeah, you're, you're not you're, taking care of yourself. I mean, I haven't eaten yet today. You're br- neither have I. That's interesting. You know what the I'm saying? Like, we're busy. different when right. you're busy. It's true. So right. I just did not like pay attention to that. So it's Saturday. I haven't, I'm not hungry. I haven't really eaten. I'm still feeling like awful, but I've got to show up because people need me and there's not really time for me to be concerned about myself. Um, the next day it's Sunday and I have like a lot going on still and I still haven't eaten, but I'm like now exhausted. I mean, you went through a day and you didn't eat? No. I hadn't eat. I didn't eat. I so, just, I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, I don't know. Women are different. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, men, we got, you guys got to eat. You don't, don't care what you eat. I can't even fathom it. <laughs> Ike eats my food and his. So, but you, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you went through the day. You didn't eat. You get to Sunday. You're still super busy. Still super busy, but no energy. I sleep the whole yeah. day. Um, wake up to do this big event that I have for my girls. Ike's like, you need to cancel this event. I'm like, there's mm. no way I'm canceling this event. Yeah. Um, I show up to it. It's like a panel, um, women in our community talking to the young girls and answering yeah. questions. And my friends are like, you don't look very good. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't feel good, but like, I'm fine, you know? And they're, I'm like sweating at this point and just really in denial that like something is wrong. And so I do this event, I come home, I crash. The next morning I wake up, which is Monday, and I can't move my body. And 
I'm like, oh my goodness, like what's happening? So here, a little background, like I grew up with rheumatoid juvenile arthritis, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, excuse me. And so, um, I have not had any issues in my adult life, but you know what it's like, but I know what it's like. Exactly. So the last time I had like a flare up, I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. So 2017, I'm 34 when this is happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, this is like really strange, but I recognize these feelings of like my body feeling completely like in pain, whatever. So I'm looking at Ike because we're supposed to fly to reset conference, which is here in Indiana. Um, in like three days, you just, you just had it piled. I'm trying to tell you, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I'm like, Hey, something's not right. Mm. We have to fly soon. Let's, I didn't have insurance, so I couldn't go to the doctor. Mm. Um, I didn't have a doctor to call. And so I was like, let's go to the emergent. No, let's go to urgent care. Yeah, urgent Because care. Right. if something is wrong, like I'll have a day to figure it out. We'll get right. some medicine and then I can get on this plane so we can go open this conference. <laughs> and he was like, okay, let's go. So we go to the emergency room and, um, they give me like anti-inflammatories okay. and anti, like not even antibiotics. I don't remember like fluids because I hadn't eaten still. Right. Still have not eaten. Right. Okay. And then um, I come home and I'm feeling really good. And Tuesday comes and I'm tired, but I'm kind of hanging in there. Um, I go to take a shower and I black out. You blacked out in the I shower? I blacked out in the shower. And, <laughs> this, and you were feeling good. And I was feeling tired. Right. But better than I had felt the last couple of days prior right. to that. And you black out and in I black the out shower. in the shower and my family comes to get me out of the shower and I lay down and I call my cousin who's a doctor and I'm like, I think I might have meningitis. Like I'm now making up stuff because well, I you don't know because I don't know. Right. And like I've never blacked out and mm-hmm. weird stuff. And um, she's just like, you know, take it easy, chill. At this point, I'm kind of getting scared. Um, and so then we go to the emergency room like later that night. You went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the emergency room because the next day we're leaving to go to reset because it's Tuesday. Right. right. Go to the emergency room. They give me more of kind of the same thing that urgent care. No, when I went to urgent care, they told me that I had a viral infection, but they did not give me fluids or anything. So sorry. I'm just kind of. Or antibiotics? The no, because it was supposed to pass. Okay. on its own and they didn't know what kind of like viral infection I had so they were just kind of like lots of fluids blah 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 da, da, rest, da. Right. right and then when I went to the emergency room that's when they gave me that's when you had the fluid the anti yeah inflammatories sure. and the fluids so okay. then I come home again and I'm feeling a lot so now I've gone to the doctor twice mm-hmm. and it's kind of just been like we don't know what's wrong like we see that there's inflammation we see that like you need fluids but there's not really anything that's like indicating that there's a problem besides like maybe some kind of virus Mm -hmm. And you need to let it pass. And so um, Wednesday morning I wake up and I'm taking it really easy and I'm like packing and stuff. And Ike is going to get a haircut. And um, when he comes back, I'm like, I went to go take a nap. I come downstairs. I reach into the cabinet to try to get something to eat because I have not eaten since Saturday. It's Wednesday. Not really. Maybe I've drank some things or but had a few bites now, of stuff. Maybe it's time. Yeah, I like eat. I'm gonna try to like eat something. <laughs> that might be a good idea. <laughs> and I reach into the cabinet, and I feel my body seize up on me, and it was like. It's hard to describe, but like the pain was from my back, and it came around to the front of my body, and 
everything I did hurt. Like I could not catch my breath. I could not breathe. And I was in a pain that I can't like describe, but it wasn't my heart. It was just my chest. It was my back. It was everything. Like I just felt like I couldn't move. So I had my cousins cause we have a lot of people that live with us cause we're crazy. Um, <laughs> and we love people. And we want to see them do well. So we try to help people out, yeah. but, um, they move me to the couch and I sit down and that is terrible and hurts. I can't sit down. So I immediately bounce back up it hurts to sit it so hurts to sit so i stand and then i try to lay down i can't lay down ike walks in he goes are you ready to go to the airport i was like because oh, oh, oh. it's time to go right. we're going it to reset to go. right he got home he's ready he's ready yeah to go. and i'm like i don't know what's wrong but i'm not getting on an airplane and he said okay and so i had had my atlas out of place the week before so we went straight to the chiropractor to see now what's the atlas part atlas is like the bottom of your the so top of your like where your is spine it the and last your, c vertebrae yeah kind of thing yeah right. and when that thing gets out of place it feels like your whole life yeah, is falling apart up. yeah right. so i thought that that's what was going on because it didn't feel like hard stuff like <sighs> i would have never known that and when i went my chiropractor and i are pretty close he was just like this is not a skeletal thing i think that you should go to the emergency room cuz he saw that i was struggling to breathe right and right. um, so we get to the emergency room. We're there for five hours before we know what's going on. Yeah, and I, know what that's like. I was just so scared. And I called friends and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I know something's wrong. Because were you getting worse at the... Was I was, it? yeah. Like just <laughs> yeah. can't breathe. Like right. it was so rough and mm-hmm. I just was in so much pain. And they come back. We go to the emergency room. We get there about 5.30 p.m. And um, they come back at like 8.30 maybe nine. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't know what's wrong, but we know there's something going on with your heart. And so we're going to admit you with the heart, with your heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like my heart. And they were like, yeah, your heart is not, something's not right. They couldn't really communicate it to me. Right. So I get admitted into the hospital. The first 24 hours, I was pretty aware of what was going on, but I actually started to get worse and decline. And then the, the basically from March 1st, which was the day I was admitted to March 6th, I don't really remember much. I was like, and you, you were there. I was in critical care fighting for my life. And basically what had happened was, um, my heart, the flu got into my heart oh. and I had pneumonia at the same time, which is why I couldn't breathe. Yes. And I had so much fluid in my, my lungs that I could not get air. And, um, the flu got into my heart and it caused inflammation around my heart and inflammation in my heart. And so I had all of this pain because my heart could not really fit in the casing. Right. And so I had myocarditis, pericarditis and pneumonia at the same time. And they could not figure out, it took them a while to actually figure out that diagnosis at that time. They didn't know. They didn't know until like March 11th, what was going on. Unbelievable. But I like started to decline and, um, my heart that night was beating 227 beats per minute, but my blood pressure had dropped to like 70 over like 50 something. So it was working so hard, but I didn't have enough blood. Like I wasn't pumping enough blood throughout my body. Even though it was beating Mm -hmm. so fast. And I had internal bleeding, which we still have not figured out to this day where that came from. Yeah. But I was losing blood. So I had to have three blood transfusions. All of this, all of this at the same time. Yep. 
in a matter of the first six days. I was in the hospital for 16 days, and the first six days I was in like so intensive the, the, care. Were the first six days kind of touch and go too? Like, you didn't, yeah, no. they um they came to Ike and I, and they talked to us about preparing like a will. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And um, they told him that my heart would probably give out if they couldn't slow it down because it was beating too fast. Right. Well, at some point, sure. Yeah, and so um, they talked to him about airlifting me to Harborview if it came to that and putting me on the donor list. Oh my goodness! So it was pretty critical. Was pretty serious. Was he? He had to just be freaking out. I don't know. Ike is really weird. Like there was no. I'm no. Of I'm course, freaking out right of now. Of course he was freaking out, but he's so strange because he doesn't like show his emotions. He can freak out calmly. He yeah. Can calmly and so freak the out. only like sign that I had that Ike was like really struggling through it mm. was like he would not stop eating. Oh, that, yep, that resonates. Yeah, like he just was eating everything. He's eating all the hospital food, yeah. all the food that people brought in. Like he just, every time I looked at him, he was putting something in his <laughs> mouth. And we laugh about it now, but he was always eating. He'd always make, I wish that this was like a video podcast so people could see my face, but he makes these like crazy faces. And I'd be like, bro, you're eating again? Like I haven't eaten, I did not eat for 13 days. <laughs> So oh, yeah. I'm like, bro, like you're eating for all of us. Yeah. I lost yeah. 43 pounds. And he gained 43 pounds. Yeah, I think he did. He gains all of it. Did you really lose that much weight? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, not all while I was in the hospital. I probably lost like 27 of it. Of but that. as a result, yeah. And um, and so when I came out of the hospital, I was out of the hospital for a few days. And then I had this allergic reaction to the medicine. So I had to go back to the hospital. I was there for an additional three days. And then I came out again, and then the reactive arthritis set in. Oh, is that right? Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I'm out of the hospital, and now we're just dealing with this heart thing. And <sighs> then two weeks later, the arthritis set in. And so I wasn't able to walk. I didn't walk from March until probably June. What? Mm-hmm. Like we, like I had to like carry me everywhere. I couldn't use my hands. Um, my arthritis would move. So it started out in my arms. Like I wasn't able to use my arms for a long time. And then it moved to my legs and it was like really heavy in my knees. And so, um, <laughs> arthritis is an interesting thing because mostly like old people have it yeah so right. getting an appointment with a rheumatologist was very tough and so i had to wait until july to see a rheumatologist and so i had to kind of go through that pain from march until then and you were starting you were starting to walk by then i, I didn't walk Oh, you didn't walk Mm-mm, by then still? Not really. Um, he would like carry me. I couldn't walk without assistance. How did you come out of it? Like what? Ha- what? I was on steroids. They put you on steroids. I was on steroids. And so, and it's tough because you really can only be on steroids for like two weeks before it really starts to do like real bad damage to your body. But the steroids were the only things that made it capable or possible for me to like do anything. And so I would just like beg for them because it would be in so much pain and I couldn't I couldn't be productive. And I remember we went to Palm Springs for my birthday, which was in May. And I had to be like wheeled through the airport and they'd have to like carry me up and down the stairs. It was really bad on Instagram. The pictures looked amazing, but (laughs) they always do. right? Yeah, right. But but my real life was like a hot ass mess. You were a mess. I was a mess. So um, July is see the rheumatologist we start putting a plan together i don't think i was like 100 percent pain-free until like december of last year is that right mm-hmm. so essentially 2017 was a nightmare 
was a mess for you. Yeah. And they found a tumor in my right hand and my ring finger in December. So I had a surgery on my hand and I couldn't use my right hand for three months. I couldn't pick up a camera because I'm right handed. They found a tumor. A tumor because they were checking my joints for arthritis. And then what happened in 2017? I don't know. Somebody hated me. (laughs) You you just want to delete that year. I no, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. Here we go. Yes, I don't because. (laughs) 2017 taught me what mattered to me and what was important to me. And um, it's not often that we really like get to come face to face with our life and the, the how we live it and the choices that we make. And like we don't get to like assess like, is this worth it? Right. We're like told that we need to do certain things or achieve certain things. And there's not like this defining moment for us that makes us stop and go, wait a minute. Like, what am I doing this for? Mm. Is this really worth it? Mm. And 2017 was that moment for me. And I am really thankful because I feel like I got a gift out of it Mm. that most people don't get to get. Like I got a chance to like face death as scary as that might be and go, does this matter? Is this worth it? Is this how I want to spend my time on this earth? And the freedom and the fearlessness to make the changes to do those things. Do you think that before 2017, Mm -hmm. because it sounds like it, so I'm making an inference here. Do you think that you were so busy and so caught up in your business and the lives that you and Ike were constructing and, and, and the things that you were doing that it required something 100% as traumatic as 2017 to pull you out of it. Like if you would have just gotten the flu for a couple of weeks, you would have recovered and you probably would have went right back at it. I think that I was so consumed with what Ike and I have built that I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. And that, um, I had become Ike and Tosh. Everything was Ike and Tosh. Our marriage was Ike and Tosh. Like I was Ike and Tosh. It's like you had become your brand. Yeah, that was that was it. Like I couldn't even. Um, these are things that I explored last year. Like when people would be like, "What would make what What's next? Or what makes you happy?" I couldn't answer those questions because I didn't really know. I had spent the last. That was our seventh year, which I think is really interesting as yeah, well. Like if you're a believer, yeah. like yeah. you believe in numbers Number and completion and blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just. I lost myself in our mm. business and I was not happy and I forgot why I had started in the first place and I allowed other people's ideas of success and like the expectations that have been set for us by our industry or by like what like I had allowed all of that to overshadow like the reasons why I had started and the things that like actually give me life and fill me up. Like mm. I couldn't even recognize those things anymore. Were you, so you don't think, did you get to the point where you weren't even self-aware? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've spent the last, I would say seven months or so, yeah. like kind of just being like responsibly, healthily not caring about things so that I can figure out what works for me and what makes me happy. And Mm -hmm. I always say that I feel like being selfish is a really great gift because being selfish allows you to fill yourself up so that you can be selfless for others. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't know what makes me happy and if I can't selfishly seek those things out, like I can't really serve you or Mm -hmm. serve the community or be a great speaker, be a great photographer because what am I pouring out of? Mm -hmm. Like nothing. And I feel like I got to that point. I mean, I could not even recognize that I was sick and I was sick for a long time. I was sick for 21 days before I went to the hospital. 
Right. And then you know, you're like, in the hospital for 16 days right, and then like, you didn't walk for four months. Right. And- like what? Huh? Like for what? And like forget about like that stuff. But when your body takes like such a major hit like that, it messes up everything. So mm-hmm. I've spent the last year like getting my levels back up, mm-hmm. like getting my blood healthy again, like mm-hmm. all of these things that it was one thing that happened, but it caused all these other things, too. And if I would have just paid attention or taken care of myself I could have avoided all of that I'm thankful I didn't because it is I feel like my story has helped so many other people like Mm -hmm. make different decisions especially since I was mostly healthy before um and it's changed my life for the better but it it sucks that it takes that well what happened during that like what happened to your business and your relationships as a result of like, how did that change or what yeah, happened? You know, um, what I am thankful for is that Ike and I have always really valued our relationships and we've mm-hmm. never allowed um, anything that we've accomplished to get in the way of those things. And so um, if it were not for our community and just the relationships that we, we would not have survived 2017. I mean, mm-hmm. when I got sick, I remember one of my friends jumped in and she started the caring fund because we didn't have insurance right. when That's I went to the hospital. Saying. I yeah. was thinking that too. Yeah, it was super scary. Because um, it's not cheap. No, I um, when I came out of the hospital, we were like somewhere around $2 million. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Just casual. A couple mil. <laughs> no big deal. Because of all the testing, <laughs> of because course. of all the doctors who came in, like every doctor Girl, that comes in. $98 for an Advil if Like you're seriously, in the no, yeah. like in every doctor that comes in, like they are billed separately. Yeah, So right. any tests that they run, and I felt like I was back in like the Tuskegee Airmen days, like everybody oh, was like testing me and like, cause no right. one knew what was going on. Right. And so it was just like, there was every test in the book was being run and I'm just seeing the dollar signs go up. I remember at one point I was like, I can't do all of this. We don't have insurance. We're not going to be able to afford this. But, um, so seriously, how do you, how do you take care of a $2 million bill? Um, God is good. He took care of it. Is that right? Yes. Like, <laughs> there, that much came in and it was taken care of. No, two million was not what was brought in. But there, I chose a specific hospital because I knew that um, they had scholarships and things Is in place right? and financial aid. And so I chose to go to that hospital knowing yeah. that we didn't have insurance. Right. And they have people in place that advocate and help. And we met this woman who I feel is like an earth angel. Yeah. And she took care of us That's and awesome. got us insurance and backdated it. So we ended up owing. They actually paid us back. Oh, that, see, because that would be that would be terrifying yeah, to it me was, after it, the whole thing to be like, well, now so what? scary. But the GoFundMe raised um, like thirty five thousand. Oh my goodness! In like two days, and oh Ike and I lived off of that money last year. In fact, um, I was filling out my student loans recently, and they asked for a W two. Yeah. And I looked at it. We made four thousand dollars last year. <laughs> And I was well, like, were, what? <laughs> you weren't in very good shape no, to do anything. No, I wasn't. But like that just reminded me just the value of community and like yeah. being kind to people and building yeah. relationships because yes. I don't think we bought groceries for like three months. Yep. Um, we always, we would open the door and there was food there for us and people would come and pick up wisdom. And like mm. we were, we were well taken care of, like mm-hmm. people rallied around us. And so Wisdom's your baby. that's my daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five years old. Yep. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that's how we made it. We made it because of people like you. I mean, there are people that might be listening to this that may have seen our story Uh and that may have donated to our family. Mm -hmm. And that is how we survived that season of life. And so now what, on a day to day, Mm -hmm. what does your life look like that's different as a result? Okay, so I, 
when I was in the hospital and like sitting on the bed, I was thinking about all of the things that I, when I thought I was going to die, which I never really thought I was going to die. Not like deep down inside. You didn't. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I ever like really accepted that. Yeah. Even though everything like pointed to that. You didn't have that. time for that either. Yeah, I didn't. I was too busy. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about what was next. I don't no. have time to die. No, I That's just, I just happen. in my spirit did not feel like this yeah. is not how my life is going to end. I like I just that. cannot sure. believe that that yeah. this is how it's going to go down, sure. you know? Um, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like there were so many things I wanted to do. Mm. Like I wanted to like have plants on my porch. Like why mm. didn't I ever put those plants on my really? porch? Or yeah, I thought about like really simple things like that. And then I was just like, why do I care so much about what people think? Oh. Like none of those people are even here. Like none of those people even know that I'm sick. Like why do I put so much energy into trying to impress people or trying to like, I just thought through so many things mm. like here I am in the hospital and I've spent a year, so many years, like so many hours on Instagram trying to make the perfect post. And none of those people who comment are right here right now <laughs> in the roughest moment of my life. I saw a video yesterday, a Tracy Ullman video where she is in her deathbed and her kids are sitting there and they, and she said, I just have one regret. And they said, what is it? And she said, I should have taken more pictures of my lunch and posted it on Instagram. Right. Exactly. Right. Seriously. <laughs> So that's kind of where I was. Or I was just like, okay, one of the things that I thought about was um, all of my friends who are like, let's go get a smoothie. This is like so dumb, but this was like a really defining moment for me. I hate smoothies. (laughs) And I've never had the heart to like really tell anyone because it's kind of like a thing, right? Like smoothie bowls and like acai bowls. Who hates who hates smoothies? Oh my God, I'm so over them. Like, I was like, I'm never going to have another smoothie again in my life. I have not had a smoothie since, Good for since you. the hospital. But it was just like, there are all these things that I've been doing. I'm not going to have smoothies anymore. No, you, like, no more smoothies. These are, but these are, it's interesting because these, these seem like, they may seem like little trivial things. But they mean something so much more. Right, right. Well, it's, yeah, like, it's just like, why are we doing the things that we do? Mm -hmm. And um, so I told myself, and I, like, kind of told God, like, if I make it through this, I am not going to do things that I don't want to do anymore. Mm. I'm just not. Like, for what? That does not benefit me, and it doesn't benefit anyone else Mm -hmm. if I'm miserable doing them. Mm -hmm. And I am going to not wait to do the things that I want to do. Like, what am I waiting for? Like, we don't know how much time we have. Like, we really don't. And so I just want to live a life that I'm proud of and that feels good. And not everything is going to feel good all the time, but I feel like we can get close to it. And so I feel like I am put on this earth to help other people and to bless other people and to enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. And so when I came out of the hospital, that's what I started doing. And I stopped caring about things that really don't matter. Mm -hmm. And I started doing a whole lot more that did. And like some of the things that I like kind of thought about when I was in the hospital was um, that I wasn't spending enough time with wisdom and I hadn't spent enough time really investing in my family. I did when it like had to do with Ike and Tosh, but not, like in a real way. Mm. Um, and I love my girls, like all the girls that Ike and I have had, like the pleasure of doing, I guess, ministry work with, like sure. by default with, through our business, our street team. And I wanted to be able to spend more like actual genuine time. I don't think it's by chance that we have all of these young people who love us. And I wanted mm. to, 
be able to really speak into those lives and really make an impact, not because they're part of our business, but because they're young people who Mm -hmm. matter and who need that. And I just thought about my friendships and how I wanted them to be deeper. And I wanted to be more intentional about paying attention to my friends and not even the things that they're saying, but the things they're not saying and checking in and Like, cause those were the things that mattered. Like the relationship things were the things that I thought about. I did not think about my Instagram following or the fact that like I have spoken all over the country and these people, like I was not thinking about any of that. It did not matter to me Mm. at all. And it, I am honored by like the influence that we have. And I think that it's important. I think it's important for people to hear our stories. And I think it's really amazing that I can, I have influence, but you're a lot more than that. Yeah. And I just don't want to be defined by those things. And so um, I was talking to someone last week and I was just like, they were like, introduce yourself. And I decided I would not introduce myself by my achievements anymore. Hmm. The things that I've done and accomplished because it's not who I am. And I think that um, we mix those two things up. Like yeah. who we are versus what we've done. Yeah, they get conflated. Yeah, and <laughs> I had to become what I've done mm-hmm. and not who I really am. And I couldn't even answer who I was because mm. I didn't really know. And Is so, that right? Well, no, I, it's, I had forgotten. Like yeah. I've become all of these things, like all of these things that we're supposed to be if we're going to be a creative in this industry. So who are you? Who am I? I am a person who deeply cares about people. Yeah. And who wants to really honestly like sell my life out for like serving people mm. and, and honoring God, like with mm. my gifts. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love to make people happy. I love to, to be happy. I want, I, I just want to like take in life, like take in life's experiences. And, and some of those things I'm still figuring out. Like I am in the process of figuring out like who I am and what matters to me, but I know who I'm not. And it's not, I'm not a speaker. Mm. I am a speaker, but I'm not defined by that. Yeah. And I am a photographer, but I'm not defined by that. Like right. I'm so much more than those things. Yep. And I can see that 2017 was a gift for you. Yeah, it really was. Like I'm so free, like freer than I've ever been. And what it also taught me was that it's okay. Like we can, we can stop. And the people who are connected to us and who respect us and who love us will be there for us when we come back. Mm. And, um, I've seen that, like I got off social media for a year and a half. When I came back, my people were there Mm -hmm. and they were excited to hear from me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that when you work hard and you care about people, like people will give you the space to do what you need to do yeah, and they they'll be that. there for they you when you come that. back. Yeah. Right. And so I think we just, I think that we believe that people are thinking things and they're thinking things about us that they aren't. And I think we have to have like a lot more grace for ourselves. Mm. Amen. What, um, where can people find you right now? Um, if you want to find me, um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at photo me, Latasha which is just photo, P-H-O-T-O-M-E, Latasha, L-A-T-A-S-H-A. And if you want to find me based on my achievements, um, <laughs> you can find us at our business, which is ikeandtosh.com. Yes. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having I me. I know it can be difficult sometimes to relive stuff like that, but I think that, I think that being that it really was a gift for you, um, I mean, I can see it on your face. You know, I wish that people could see your face because it, it's it's all over you when it comes out that this was a 
this ended up being a really good thing for you? I feel like our stories are meant for sharing. Mm. Um, I don't think that the things that happen to us are always for us to like keep to ourselves, Oh yeah, okay. you know? And so I love telling this story because I know that I know. So I always ask myself, why didn't you get on that airplane? Cause we had already been paid. Right. I don't not show up to things like right. that is not, that right. is not me. I'm showing up. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to bring, like, I cannot for the life of me figure out what made me say, like, I don't know what's wrong but i'm not getting on the airplane that right. is not who i not am who it's out are. of my character and um the only thing that i can like kind of arrive to is that i had heard someone's story about um my friend actually she's like 27 i met her through the work that i've done with the american heart association ike and i were shooting for the american heart association before, before. i had a heart story <laughs> yeah for years and i never resonated with the mission i never got it it didn't right. make sense to me right. um but i had heard a bunch of stories and so i heard the story of this lady who was at work at boeing and she like had a heart attack yeah. and then i had heard a story of a 27 year old girl who's running the boston marathon mm -hmm. who had a stroke mm -hmm. And the only reason these women had made it is because they had heard other people's stories and they knew the signs. And so yeah. I think like in that moment, I knew enough from other stories yeah. to know you're not getting on an airplane. Right. And my doctors told me that had I gotten on the airplane, I would not have made it. You might not have, right? I know, not might not have. I would not have because I was close. in a cardiac. I was like in not cardiac arrest, but I was having a cardiac episode. Right. And I would have been so high up in the air, my heart oh, would not have been able to handle of it. Of course. And then I would have been on the plane for five hours. Yep. Yep. I would have died. Right. Like there's no way around it. And so I think it's so important to share our stories because maybe someone's not going to have a heart story or maybe, but like maybe something I say today will trigger you. Mm -hmm. To go, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Like, I remember when Tosh, when I heard that podcast, she said, like, let's da 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 or whatever. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to share these stories because people tuck them away and they pull them out when it's important. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always want to talk about it because I think that it's, it's life changing. It will be life changing for someone. Thanks so. for sharing. Thank you for having me. You did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You got a lot going on today now. Yeah, now I got to go teach. Yep. We're <laughs> at Push Conference 2018. And Tosh is speaking here in what, a couple hours probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks.